0: Hey everyone, welcome back to The Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for faith and life. Today is episode 64 of the podcast, and I get to sit down with Calvin and Kyle, the hosts of The Underdog Podcast. These two um, athletes turned entrepreneurs, turned podcasters, have an incredible community that they're creating about what it means to be the underdog. That's right, the underdog. How to have a plan, how to work the plan, how to plan for the unexpected. They're building a community that's fueled by adversity, and they love to talk about what it means to overcoming the uh, the tough moments in life so that your story can continue to make you stronger and grow even in ways that you can't be expected. I love this conversation. Calvin and I actually went to school together way back in the day at Our Lady of Mercy, and I have loved watching him grow, From there to Chamonix Julian to Miami University where he played football. So this is a great conversation. I hope you enjoy it. If you do enjoy it, the best compliment that you can give us is to leave a rating or review wherever it is you listen to podcasts, to maybe share it with a friend. And if you're ready to become part of the Reclamation community, then do me a favor. Text the word RECLAIM right now from your cell phone to 66866. Text the word RECLAIM to 66866. That way you can stay up to date on helpful tips, blogs, and all the things that are happening in the reclamation community. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with the hosts of the Underdog Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited today to introduce you to a brand new podcast with two dear guys, Calvin and Kyle, hosts of the Underdog Podcast. What's happening, guys? What's going on, man? How are we doing? Really good. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm so excited to be with you guys today. I've known Calvin. How many years have I known you, man?
1: So I believe you're a year older
0: than me. We mm-hmm. won't disclose
1: our actual ages. I'm 39. I'm
0: old. I'm just embracing I'm,
1: it. I'm 38, and if we really, if, if we're accurate, I entered Our Lady of Mercy in the first grade. Would have put you in the second
2: grade. So. Mm. That's in the, a long would, in high time. school together as well. So, yeah. So you guys are in that different brackets. Yeah, I'm only 34. So you guys are in a bracket <laughs> up, okay? So he always does. Well, this. who
0: gets to decide where the brackets are? <laughs> uh, the Kyle Decker rules. There the you go. Kyle. So, yeah. So, Kyle, now how long have you and Calvin known each other? Because that goes back a ways too.
2: Yeah. So we we uh, crossed paths in 2003 or four, and uh, at Miami University. And then we uh, re- reunited after a couple years apart. Uh, per se in 2010. So we've been really close, uh, you know, since 2010 to now, so about 10 years.
0: I love it. And I love what you guys are trying to do, uh, building community that's centered around the underdog. And uh, your your podcast cover art is uh, a picture of you guys hand-drawn with your shirts being ripped open like the Superman emblem, and there they are, the underdogs. And I, I so the first question I got to ask, Kyle, is what is the definition of an underdog?
2: Well, first of all, I want to thank you for your time and having us on. It's a true honor. This is our first time, so Tony, thank you so much for hey, giving us this opportunity. Because it's a little bit different to be on this side, to be honest with you. So,
0: well, it's a lot fun. less control. It's a little bit more vulnerability.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, really look forward to the conversation. But the the premise behind the underdog, uh, and by the way, that cover art definitely helps me out. Makes me look a lot, <laughs> lot skinnier than I am. So, no uh, judgment here. No judgment. Yeah. It's your cover yeah. art, man. I'd say use whatever you want. Exactly. But we, um, you know, we, we really felt strongly uh, myself and then you know speaking with Calvin about kind of the things that, you know, we've overcome adversity to sustain uh, success in our lives. And we wanted to hopefully share a positive platform to others. And we felt like the underdog was an appropriate approach with both of us coming from a athletic background and really just passionate about we're in the staffing business and we work with people every day and we really want to provide There's so much negativity in the world how do we provide a positive movement And we felt like that underdog and that dog emblem uh really really represents calvin and i well
0: and what we're trying to accomplish i love that calvin uh, i'm i'm anxious and kyle i'm gonna ask you next so be ready uh what's your underdog story calvin
1: so it's i would say it goes back to when i was uh eight years old really Losing my father uh, kind mm-hmm. of unexpectedly in second grade and, you know, just being raised by my mother. She did a tremendous job. Your uh, mother's an you amazing
0: know. woman. P.S. <laughs> I, I just think we all need to just acknowledge that the saint in the room.
2: Exactly.
0: <laughs> Mama Blackman is the best.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, she is. She, uh, you know, she's, uh, I, I hear that from a lot of, a lot of people um, just that I've heard that for my entire life. Uh, you know, she's, she can crack the whip, but she's just, a, just a very, very, just. <clears throat> just motherly figure just truly, truly has always embraced my friends and, and family and whatnot. And she is like the, the queen of the family, everything goes through her. Um, so yeah, I appreciate you guys saying that. Um, and so, you know, my story has really been kind of the underdog growing up without a father, as many people have grown up without a parent, um, and whatnot. But for me, you know, I think once once I got to high school, was trying to find my identity and not knowing what I was going to do once I left college or once I left high school, and was fortunate enough to pick up a football in junior or my junior high school, and then you know by my senior year was getting opportunities to uh, scholarship offers to go play at the next level, and was fortunate and blessed to get an opportunity to go to Miami University and form friendships and relationships that you know, carry over to this day. Uh, and then if you kind of fast forward even further, um, you know, I, I ended up having a, a seizure in 2011, um, which was kind of or 2012, which was kind of unexpected. I've never suffered from seizures or anything and haven't thankfully had any sense. But it was a state in my life where just trying to figure out what I was going to do as a lot mm-hmm. of people do, you know, I was in my mid 20s, late 20s or whatnot um and was trying to figure out where my life was going and what that passion was going to be had coached a little bit had worked in you know the corporate world um and so that's really kind of where kyle came in and, and really you know brought me and let me stay at his house uh for about a i don't know two or three weeks um you know during that time when i was not able to drive after the seizure so that really formed our friendship even more deeper uh, while we were still coaching together at one of the local high schools and so then fast forward 2017, um, I think I'm really answering your question way deeper than what you wanted, but going into kind of the trajectory of how this has started. But to fast forward 2017, he he knew that I was still kind of in that struggle mode. You know, I was yeah. uh, was on my way to get married. Uh, we had just had our first kid and was still trying to find my identity. And, you know, he offered me an opportunity to come work here at the job center. Uh, and, and it's been a blessing ever since. And, and so, that uh that's, that's kind of where we are
0: my guy I love it no I love it it's a it's a real story um and it's got lots of twists and turns Kyle what, what about you what's your underdog story man
2: I don't know how I can follow that up I mean <laughs> that was uh about about the best I've heard of him say that but I'm really <laughs> appreciative and Calvin's came in I know he talks a lot about me but uh he's been just as instrumental in in, in developing me in different ways and opening my eyes to uh, just nuances that I don't really see, some blind spots, like my health, for instance. And, Hmm. um, you know, he's really put a a premise on, you know, I was growing the business so much and really, you know, bringing this podcast, bringing in health and we work out together, just a lot of things like that. So I just want to say, you know, how how instrumental he is there uh, as well. But my quick story, I'll try to be a little bit quicker than my man here. Um, my parents grew up on a farm. Actually, my grandpa to this day is almost, uh, 88 and still farming. Um, you know, blue collar background by my parents, super, you know, had a great, uh, traditional, really supportive parents growing up. But I, uh, you know, I, I, I always wanted to play division one football and never was offered a scholarship. I followed my passion with the support of my parents, went to Miami, walked on, earned a scholarship. You know, they always said I was too small, too skinny. And, um, moving six times in the first 16 years of my life, I always had to overcome and reestablish myself. And I always kind of carried that chip on my shoulder. I was never good enough to, 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 you know, be there. And I wanted to prove people that, uh, you know, I was an underdog and could play and earned a scholarship there and, uh, vice versa, you know, same thing. Started a startup business in 2009, uh, staffing business was told it was a bad decision. And, in uh, by people that uh, were around me and, and, which I trusted, but they, you know, they gave me true advice and I still believed in myself and followed my vision and process and fast forward. And we uh, were in eight states and uh, employ up to 17,000 people and, uh, you know, truly blessed to work with great people like Calvin and get to meet folks like you, Tony. <laughs>
0: uh, you guys, you guys have an incredible story and there's so many things that intertwine. One of the things that really jumped out to me is I was kind of Uh, listening to your guys' story is this um, kind of goal of being a scholarship athlete. So I I guess uh, one of the questions I want to ask, we'll start with you, Kyle, is um, what does having a a defined objective, like being a scholarship athlete, do for your underdog mentality?
2: You know, I and, and I've. It's a great question, and I always I laugh when people say it's a great question, but it is a great question. <laughs> the reason why I say that there's a lot of um, I've started studying, and we actually interviewed someone on our podcast, Gary Brackett. You know, someone of like JJ Watt. Um, those are all walk-ons that had to earn a scholarship. And even when we talked to Urban Meyer, he talked about a lot about his walk-ons, like Nate Ebner, who plays for the Patriots. How instrumental going from a walk-on to a scholarship and just being, uh, going into football, there's 105 guys and 85 guys have scholarships and being one of those 20 guys that don't, you know, you, you, uh, you want that, you know, you want to be just Mm -hmm. like any other guy on the team that has a scholarship and be valued by the coaches and, you know, your teammates and uh, the school and, and really your peers to say, hey, I'm just as hardworking, competitive, I can add value to the team. And that to me was, uh, my goal and my goal was to walk on at a, a division one program and actually play at Ohio state. And the, the funny thing is the first game, I was a backup uh, quarterback and a holder. And I, the first game I, I went out was actually at Ohio stadium against Ohio state. Uh, and it was a wow. dream come true with all my family there. It was pretty cool. We didn't get into like the fourth quarter because we, we were getting beat, but uh, man, got I got in, I got in, I got in and got down for an extra point, And um, it was, it was really special.
0: That's awesome. Calvin, uh, I know a little bit more of your story. What caused you to pick up a a football your junior year? Because up to that point, you didn't play any of those sports. You didn't really play football at all. And then you you picked up the football. And then what kind of sent you on the trajectory to say, hey, I want to do this in college as a scholarship athlete. Tell me about that mindset.
1: So I never had that mindset that I wanted to play college football. My junior year was the summer before my junior year. And a friend of mine was on it. I called him just to see what he was doing. And he was headed to practice. And I said, I think I'm going to come with you. And he was like, I'll pick you up. So I went and asked my mom and she was against it. Um, Wait, who is the friend? I know all your friends. (laughs) Tierra Fields. Okay. All right. Good. Good. Yeah. Yep. So um, I, I went back there. I'll never forget. She was laying in the bed middle, middle of the afternoon in in the middle of summer. And she's like, why don't you just go back to playing baseball or something? And I was like, no, like, I'm going to give this a shot. She's like, all right. So I I remember going down and showing up and all the guys, like, what are you doing here? I'm a junior, you know, about to be a junior. Mm All the upperclassmen are laughing. What are you doing here? Um, It's like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to figure this thing out. I dropped nine passes in a game my junior year, a JV game. Mind you, JV plays at 3 o'clock, you know, on a Thursday. So, varsity's practicing. All my friends are juniors and seniors playing varsity. So, I we get back from the game, varsity practice is ending. And they're like, the word gets out that I drop nine passes. So, like, I just go in the tank. Like, I don't know if this is for me. Um, fast forward to the summer before my senior year, you know, I just remember my coach was like, you're going to be my starting guy next year. I'm like, uh, <laughs> have you seen me play? <laughs> like, I'm all right. But – uh, he gave me an opportunity, and from the very first game, I scored two touchdowns against Northmont, and from there, like, it just started to go. But this entire time, my senior year, not one thought about playing college football crossed my mind. It wasn't mm-hmm. until we lost the state semi-game, I was sitting in the locker room crying, and my uh, quarterback coach walks in. And he goes, I'm going to enjoy watching you play next year on Saturdays. And I was like, huh? He's like, some schools have called. And I was like, huh? but I still didn't think think anything of it. And, uh, you know, once the season ended, obviously some opportunities came in and I made the decision to go to Miami University. And, and from there, the rest was history.
0: Uh, that That's pretty incredible stories from both of you guys. And I think one of the interesting things is um, how much you both have faced adversity in various forms. And and I'm not even sure if you can be an underdog without adversity, but even today, as you guys are are kind of going through the rhythms of life, what mindset do you take when you come up against something that, you know, Kyle, for example, that somebody says you, you can't start a business or Calvin, somebody says you can't do this or can't do that. What's, uh, take us through the physical process. I think there are a lot of people who... Um, struggle against adversity and would love to learn how to do it better. If they were sitting in front of you, how would you say to handle adversity um, in a more productive way? Kyle? I think first you got to, you know, utilize, at least I did, my
2: recommendation to anyone that's listening to overcome adversity is, you know, listen, I think you actually listen to it and it fuels me. A lot of people have can, can differentiate on that type of mentality as believing in it or not. But like for me, it's always fueled me. I've always used some of that negativity uh, or someone's negative energy on me in a positive manner. And meaning that I believe, like I mentioned, I I wanted to play division one football and I visualized it and I just attacked it and I had a plan, right. I, and I executed it. So I think having a vision and believing in the process to get there and just sticking to that and and working through any point. Cause a lot of people quit, right? It's easier fight or flight. A lot Mm -hmm. of people, it's a lot easier to fly away. It's a lot of, we walk away from something, but to stick to it and and work through any of those problems and and talk through it. You got to have great people around you, right? You got to circle yourself with people that uh, you know, want to do great things. So I think, you know, having a great uh, set of friends or mentors or peers is 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 critical because you need to have that support as you go through adversity. But then just have that plan. You know, as our old coach, Coach Hepner, have a plan, work the plan, plan for the unexpected. You know, we still stick to that to this day. And that was very fortunate that he taught us that. And and it that was part of kind of my growth from college to uh to to um the career and then vice versa in childhood. Like I said, my parents you know, said, when you're going to do something, you're going to see it through. And I think that really helped me. And that that means something, your word and commitment. And I committed to playing division football. I committed to to making the job center successful. And for me, no matter what was going to happen, I wasn't going to be stopped.
0: Oh, that's, that's a great answer. Calvin, what about you? What do you do when you run up against adversity?
1: Uh, For me, I think, I feel like the phrase a lot of times you hear people say I'm just a very, very competitive person. is thrown around kind of loosely, but for me, I think I love a challenge. So, you know, and I think it goes back to also surrounding yourself with the right mind, with like-minded people or people who, you know, are going to gravitate towards some of the same things. So I'll use, you know, right now we're in the middle of this pandemic or whatnot. And one thing, you know, one thing I know Kyle and I challenge each other with, as he touched on earlier, is working out. And, you know, we're getting up every single morning throughout the week at 545 to go work out. And to not, not to say that that's adversity, but knowing that when an adverse moment comes up, like the challenge of how are we going to respond to this, finding the positive in it, and then attacking it full steam. And no single person in the history of the world has ever come, overcome adversity by themselves. So if you have the right people in your corner to help you overcome that adversity and not only have your back, but challenge you, you know what I mean? Like he gets on me. Yeah, we work together and we're really good friends, but he gets on me, got on me last week about something. And I took it as a challenge. Okay. Like this is what he sees. How do I go now and better myself and vice versa? I know he wants me to do the same thing to him. So I feel like whenever there's an adverse moment, you have to figure out, you know, what's the good that can come from it. And then how are you going to attack it and hopefully enjoy the process of, of overcoming it
0: yeah one of the interesting things is that you guys are friends and uh and colleagues uh kyle obviously you've birthed this um business from your passion and desire and and calvin you've been a, a key part of that process along the way what's it like to work together podcast together and work out together is it is it ever too much together time
2: you know, I don't think we've ever – I'm sure he's, he – I'll be interesting to see what he has to <laughs> say here. Um, I know uh, I can be – I'll be honest, and I'll say this about my wife and Calvin who's probably around me just as much as she is at times because we work together and we work at, you know, we're together all the time. You know, I can be ultra competitive, and as he said, I think the expectations I try to hold myself and him and others to is at a very high standard. I think we all do that to each other so i think at times you know i'm sure i can be a lot to handle uh because of some of that um expectation for each other and we like to call each other out and there's times that we have to work through some of that which but we have we have that respect we know we love each other at the end of the day and there's a true genuine passion for the the human being element so like i said we work together we work out together we have the podcast and at the end of the day we know that we're trying to impact and make this world a better place. And, you know, we're going to have our differences. We're going to have our arguments. But at the end of the day, I think we can look each other and hug each other or, you know, dap it up or, you know, uh, pound it out or whatever we
0: need to do, we'll get through it. Um, quick question. Do you, do you know uh, your Enneagram number? Is that something that you guys have studied? I have not. I do, no. do not know. Okay. Now, the Enneagram is nine different lenses. Uh, in which you look at, see the world, you and you typically identify with a a certain number. So I identify as an eight on the Enneagram, the Challenger, uh, and there's all these different lenses, and it's become pretty popular in the um, Christian circles and, and kind of in popular circles. So I was just curious if you had seen the numbers. It's kind of like Strength Finders or Myers-Briggs, that kind of jazz. Um, so I was just kind of curious what your numbers were to see if they were uh, how well they intersected. I, I imagine they do intersect fairly well. Calvin, what about you? How, how is it having this guy around all the time?
2: I mean, come on, just we, shoot <laughs> shoot it straight here. What, <laughs> you, can, you can lay it out there. One, what friends? Podcast therapy, guys. Podcast therapy. <laughs> yeah, this is good, Tony. This is this is uh, you know developing our relationship even further. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> what
1: friends? I would say what friends? What teammates? You know, don't get into it to some level, you know, but at the same time, I think that is what strengthens the relationship. Um, Are we around each other a lot? Yes. At the same time, you know, I'll kind of go a different angle than what he went. We both have young kids and family at home. So yes, before five years ago, before we had kids, we hung out a lot outside of work. That doesn't happen nearly as much now. And it's not because, it's only because of the nature of what's happened in the trajectory that our lives are on. So I think too, like, it's not like I sit back and I'm like, man, I haven't seen or talked. I can go two weeks and not talk to him, not anymore, because we're in the podcast. But before, even when I was working here, I may go two weeks and not talk to him, where some people may think, oh, he's upset. I'm like, no, like we got lives. He's got a lot going on, I got a lot going on. And I think we've just learned to balance that, um, to the best we can. And again, I think we just, we, we, we feed off of one another, uh, because I, he obviously knows I have his best interests at heart for not only this business, but for the podcast and then for his health and my health. So, uh, I think at the end of the day, we know we both are, uh, we both want the same end goal. And so, you know, we're able to make that work. So that'd, that'd be my answer. Hopefully it was a good one.
0: So one of the clear um, common denominators in both of your story is this need and sense of community. Kyle, or Calvin, one of the things that you said was that, um, that you can't face adversity alone. So I guess one of the questions that I have for you is, when did you realize in your life that you need community and and who or where was that community for you?
1: I don't know if there's a clear time that I realized it, but... I would say probably two phases. One, I think when, you know, I did have my seizure, you know, Kyle was somebody who was there for me and my mom made a comment that you need friends like that. Mm. Um, I think that's one, one clear defined time. And then I would say two, probably when I really got into listening to podcasts and started understanding what the, what the term personal or self-development meant, Um, I think that's something where I started to really step back and, and really understand, you know, what does that mean and how does that relate to the people that I have relationships with? And, you know, you hear people say, I think I've heard it on Ryan's podcast, you're the average of your five closest friends. And so surrounding yourself again with those type of people and trying to, you know, elevate yourself to those who to that, those top two friends and then, you know, Obviously, trying to pull those two friends that would maybe be below you up to your level or to a higher level. So I think it's just kind of been an overall just understanding of what personal development is for me um, and knowing that with a community, you're able to really get that message out and also intake a lot of that, those different, you know, uh, things that
0: would come from having a community around. Kyle, that's an interesting question for you because as you mentioned in your story, there was so much moving around earlier on in your life. And so I have to imagine part of the thought process for you is this um, not getting too attached. So when did you decide that you needed to attach and was there a specific person or place or incident that uh, was a catalyst for that? Yeah, it's a that's a great point, Tony, and, and,
2: and rightfully so. I think each time I moved, I realized how important it was to find people you can trust and gain relationships to help you through. Because each spot, as we mentioned earlier, you know, each time you have adversity, you need that that group of friends. And it was hard. I'll be honest with you. I mean, there was times where I knew my dad was you know coming to the dinner table and he asked to have a conversation. We're like, oh, we're moving again. Oh man. And uh, you do, to your point, Tony. You do have a little bit of. Um, You know insecurity about you know relationships because hey it's just going to move on it's going to move on and just living that kind of transient uh moving style from place to place but you know really once once i got to i'd say the the middle school age and and whatnot i was able to establish long-term relationships even when i moved i I maintained those relationships and those are relationships still to this day that i have uh, really really good friends and connections and I have a passion to develop that long-term bond and really to have long distance relationships with people as well.
0: So one of the things that I appreciate about what you guys are doing in your podcast is you, you really are trying to create uh, a sense of community. Um, one of the questions I have about being an underdog and just that mindset goes back to a, a speech that you guys probably both know because you're sports guys. And, uh, Do you guys remember Michael Jordan's Hall of Fame acceptance speech? Oh, yeah. yep. It's a disaster, right? And if you've never seen it, if you're listening and you've never seen it, I recommend going back and and looking at it. Um, Because one of the things, it, it, it feels like it's full of venom. And so as we think about underdogs, one of the questions I have is, is there ever a time when it's, when it's, no longer helpful to be the underdog I mean obviously at the end of his career Jordan was not the underdog despite what he chose to use as motivations where's the balance in that and how do you guys live in that tension I think you see
2: and I think with the last dance uh, going on and, and watching Michael Jordan's career back again and watching anyone whether if it's in sports or it's in business I think something I have actually after listening to Ryan's podcast of JJ Radnick, you're, you've never arrived. You're always becoming. Mm. And for me, I always kind of have that, uh, underdog, you know, adversity, I guess maybe underdogs, not always the case every single day, but the adverse point where I'm always personally, I don't think to speak upon myself is always having some sort of adversity that I have to overcome. And I think always believing in, in, in working, and taking each day as a blessing and, and not take it for granted and making the most of it, and maxing it out and winning that day, you know, you're going to face adversity throughout that day. At least I do. And that's my belief. And, and I think, you know, that's how I kind of approach each and every day. And oftentimes in the, in the interviews we have, Tony, it's, it's people that have had multiple plane crashes and uh, very tragic events. So really each day, you know, keeping that faith and keeping that belief of uh, maxing out that day and
0: overcoming adversity is how I kind of approach each day. So let me follow up to that. How, how do you, um, how do you not let the adversity stick to you? And and I mean, obviously, you have a young family. How do you how do you let how do you learn to let it go? I think uh, being self aware here
2: and transparent. I, I don't. It, it's hard. You know. I think that's the first thing is to to look yourself in the eye and understand that it's, it's hard to not, as you're, as you're saying, it's hard to not let it stick to you. You know, some, some mechanisms, you know, self-talk is is something I think is, you know, getting back to uh, understanding the event happened. What is my response? So I can have the most positive outcome. We talk about all the time, the E plus R equals O. Yeah. So that verse point hits, that's the event, how we respond, right? Control what you can control. And I think that's a main thing. Is is what I've really tried to embrace. Is how do I control my response? What happened to me that adverse point? How do not let it stick to me, and how do I respond so I can get that adversity off of me? And I think that's there's not a perfect formula. And I think if everyone says that they can just let it go, uh, you know, I, I would love to hear, <laughs> I would love to hear from that person. But
0: you know, that's that's how I do it. Calvin, what about you, man? Did uh, mm-hmm. is is there ever a thought that maybe the underdog mentality goes too far
1: no for me so the way i approach it is everyone in this world is going through adversity you never know what someone's going through so for me when i do face adversity or you know just you know when there's those sticking points i try to stay step back and i heard this at my i think it was my grandmother's funeral probably 20 years ago and he said. no matter how bad you think you've got it, someone else has it worse. Hmm. So I always just go back to that phrase of, you know, I'm whatever I'm going through, I have to still be blessed and thankful for what I have. So, and nothing lasts forever either. You know what I mean? So God's going to bring you through whatever, whatever he, if he brings you to it, he's going to bring you through it. You know? So for me, I think it's a matter of just, again, being self-aware, as Kyle said, and understanding that it's not, about me you know now having kids and having a wife it's it's about them you know and for everyone else it's like I can walk by somebody out here in the hallway and I have no clue what they're going through but I have to be self-aware enough to know that I'm not gonna stop and you know when you're telling someone you're what is the other phrase you tell someone you know when someone asks you how you're doing the phrase is <laughs> they don't care because you know they've got problems too or however the, the the term goes you know what I mean so I just always just say, hey, you know, what I'm going through is what I'm going through. uh, And I've got to figure it out, hopefully, with the people around me, because other people are going through the same thing and more. And, again, just be thankful for what I have. And at the end of the day, hopefully that will bring me through.
0: How how do you not let adversity stick to you? Um, We heard a little bit from Kyle's thoughts process on it, but what's yours? Um, I don't – I mean, I think it's about, again,
1: just – personal development um of just knowing using those ex- those past experiences again knowing that i've had adversity come come up and you know I'm going to be able to get through it. it, it you know, it, that some adverse moments are going to be much bigger than other adverse moments. Adversity is anything. Adversity is forgetting your wallet at home. When you're on your way to the office and you got to turn around adversity. is And that happens a lot. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to say I'm late all the time, but that's not true. Um, or, you know, or adversity is, you know, losing a family member or something. You know what I mean? So adversity is at, at different levels. And I just think again, just being taking time to continually hopefully develop yourself as a person and just knowing that when those adverse moments come up, you're, how are you going to be able to get through them? Because, again, adversity doesn't last forever, so you can't let it stick to you because it's going to pass like everything else.
0: Now, one of the things you guys have both mentioned is that you're young dads. Uh, how, how old are your kids? So mine and I have a son,
2: Riley, who's four, and Crosley, who's one and a half.
1: His four-year-old son <laughs> looks like he's nine
0: dude is huge
2: yeah, I mean, <laughs> he uh yeah his dad played quarterback he's gonna be starting left tackle
0: so, <laughs> so you said four and nine or four and one four and, four and, one, and, four, four and one i'm sorry four yep. and one he, he looks, looks like he's nine yeah my bad <laughs> yeah. uh yeah. calvin how old uh
1: my daughter's four and my son is
0: three or 14 months apart don't recommend it four. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm in a way different game than you guys are because i've got a 14 year old Uh, an almost 10-year-old and um, an eight-year-old. So uh, one of the questions I always love to ask newer dads, and I think it's a conversation that dads don't get into enough, is uh, what we're learning from our kids. So Kyle, um, what, what has being a dad taught you about life?
2: Great, another great question. Honestly, on the I listened to one of your podcasts, Natalie and Katie. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, the Mom's Life Podcast. Okay. Yeah. great, great episode, by the way. Thank you about the moms. So I'm gonna try to represent the dads here. So, um, you know, being I guess fatherhood was a blessing for me. Um, I was so uh, focused on on the upstart of the company and living at twenty four seven, and I would say it was such a humbling experience to see someone you helped uh, you know, a partner with my wife, Kristen, who's a, who's a blessing uh, for me as well. And just to see uh, you're now in charge of more as Calvin mentioned, just than yourself, right? You have your wife and then my first son and my second son. And really that's part of my why And that changed. Right. I was, I'll be honest. I, I, at times I was selfish. It was all about the business and it was all about, you know, just focusing on on uh, me as an individual, and then getting married, and then having kids, and uh, it's tough. You know, I had to go through that transition of early fatherhood, and you know, being up all night and changing diapers. And I, I mean, uh, a lot of my close friends and even Calvin talk about fatherhood is not as I. You know, I think sometimes people talk about it as being this. Um, I always say peaches and cherries. I don't even know if that's the right saying, but it's like this kosher thing that's just you know, one step, two step, three step, it's, it's a, whoo, it's, it's a whole different ball game. And I've learned a lot and I've learned a lot of hard lessons, but I guess to conclude in a, in a long-term answer here, it's, it's been a blessing and it's my new why I want to do whatever I can do to, to give them what they deserve. Oh, that's, that's great. Calvin, what about you, man? Um, so
1: I'm actually reading a book. That's why I just picked up my phone. Um, it's called Raising Men. It's by mm-hmm. uh, former Navy SEAL, Eric Davis. And he talks about the correlation between being a Navy SEAL and then raising obviously a son, but I have a son and a daughter. So I, I, you know, obviously related to both of them, but I would say one thing as of recent that I've noticed um, is I'm a very patient person, but it's taught me even more patience and I have to constantly remind myself that kids are still trying to figure the world. They're just trying to figure the world out. That's all they're trying to do. But on the flip side, as adults, we're still trying to figure the world out, too. Hey Amen. So that'll people, preach. I just figure it out. You know what I mean? So for me, like last night, I got frustrated with my son because he was whining, not wanting to go to bed. And I got frustrated. And all he wanted was his mom. So she comes in and we're going back and forth. Uh, I tapped him on his butt, you know, but I literally have been telling myself, like, that's probably not the solution yes my kids are gonna get spankings I believe in that but at the same time he's three years old you know what I mean so let's take a step back you know what I mean the kid just wants to go to bed and all he's asking me to do is sit in the rocking chair while he falls asleep in his bed and as they say like cherish these moments because they're not going to be there forever so for me it's just taking a step back what do I need to go out and do why can't I sit in the chair for an extra 10 minutes till he falls asleep because I want to get out and go do something else around the house like cherish those moments so I would say those are some of the things that I'm really trying to step back and just say you know what take the, take all this in because it's going to be over you know there's going to be a time where he's not going to want me to sit in this room he's going to be like dad where are the car keys I'm out I'm like
0: oh that happened so as you're approaching <laughs> I, I mean my son now is I mean we're talking about freshman football next year that's like it, it I'm just not even ready
2: <laughs> that, that's uh it's hard to even so, seems so far away but it's probably pretty quick huh
0: yeah the, the days are long and the years are short yeah and 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 that's been that's been really that's been really true in my parenting j- journey is like man that's just like from one to three was quick and now now I'm raising a man and so we uh we're trying to do our best there well.
2: <laughs> so let me flip switch. This is a little different. I kind of wish our guests would do this to us. What What would you recommend to young fathers like ourselves? Uh, you've obviously raised, raised a great family. What, what could you give us as Knowledge Nuggets?
0: The things that frustrate you most in your children are the character deficiencies you see in yourself. And so if you're frustrated um, with your son's or daughter's needs, um, I would challenge you to spend some time in that as a dad. Uh the other thing is is nothing replaces time given, right? Like it's it's quality time too, not quantity time. And so um sh- you know, showing up and being present in your kids' life is the best gift you're gonna ever ever give them. I-, I think those are the things that that I'm learning. Um when my son turned thirteen we we gave him a uh we called it a yes weekend. And um and it was his becoming a man weekend and so he he turns uh he'll his birthday's in february and so we went skiing for the weekend and we stayed in um a hotel and i let him pick all the restaurants and everything else but the the real gift of the weekend is that and i stole this idea from a a, a woman writer jen hatmaker um we had all the men in the family write him a note about what it means to be a man and so we gave those, I gave those to him along the course of the weekend, but you know, that time with him, that weekend with him, <laughs> like just, just take, cut out my heart and just leave it there. Cause that's what happened. And I just think a lot of dads get so busy providing for our family and what we think they need. We don't actually give them what they really want and need. That's great. Yeah, Thank you So much. Yeah. Appreciate that. So, uh, back to you guys who flipped the interview here. Jeez, what is happening? (laughs) That was me. Yeah, yeah, nice. That's a judo flip. I like it. Um, You're never not going to get me to talk. That's the problem. (laughs) Okay, so uh, you're 30 some odd episodes in uh, to the the Underdog podcast. Um, You've probably got countless more recorded because you guys are always ahead of the game. Um, Let me ask you this a year from now, A year from now, what are we celebrating about what God is doing through this platform for you guys?
2: You know, I think I'll answer first. You know, I think for me, um, I'm still waiting to hear, we're starting to get it now, but hearing how this has affected, you know, at least one person or multiple people's lives, right? So maybe they were going through uh, depression, anxiety, uh, career change, or anything they were lost and and if we can help someone through that point of adversity because of uh, what we either said or really our platform uh, that we've been blessed and able to do um, you know, that's, that for me is would be my celebration. Cause I know, you know, we're going to stick to our process, right? We had great mentorship. We're meeting folks like yourself and other podcasters that are committed to providing positive content on a consistent basis I know we're going to do that my um, affirmation of what we're doing I want to hopefully hear a success story of hopefully at least one individual if not multiple and how we've helped them I love that Calvin what about you man um,
1: <clears throat> I would say we'd be we'll be celebrating uh, to his point probably from a broader spe- perspective would be Uh, a, a true community that we, that we're, that we're building, you know, I think those stories and relationships are, I want zero credit for the underdog podcast. It's just how I've always been, you know, in sports. I don't, it's a team, it's a team game. You know what I mean? And I think when we hear from someone, like he said, you hear that one story or you start hearing, you know, what it's done for someone I think that's when you start to really see the return on investment and you're able to say, okay, like now what, how do we build off of that? So I think, and I think as you start to build that community, you start to see and start to hear those types of, you know, stories or comments and whatnot. And it's it's great to have someone come up to you and say, hey, I listened to your episode, as you know, like it just puts a smile on your face. Like, wow, you actually listened to me? <laughs> I appreciate you taking 45 minutes out of your day to listen to me. And then they the craziest thing is they tell you, I really like this episode, the one that you hated the most. And you're like, wow. So it's like, you know, that people are getting something from it that you, that you just don't, that you, probably overlook or don't assume. So I think we'll be celebrating, you know, just the continual growth of a a community where, you know, hopefully as we're we're able to continue to give those knowledge nuggets um, and we're also able to take away from, from what they're telling us that they took away from it and we can continue to provide more and even better
0: content. So that's phenomenal. So um, if somebody wants to become part of the underdog community, where's the best place for them to start? Where can they, where can they find you guys on the interwebs?
2: Yeah, so we have um, we're on all the different social platforms. So, Instagram, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter. Twitter, and um, yeah, we're we're working on all those platforms. We're trying to get everything up and rolling. We we uh, have a website. Um, you can obviously find us on any, whether it's iTunes, Apple Podcasts, anything really. Uh, Spotify, Spotify. Thank you. See, look, see, that's why we're good partners. You helped me out here. <laughs> no, I love that. Um, awesome. Yeah, so we're pretty much on any platform you can find. Find the underdog or put in Kyle or Calvin. And, um, you know, we should hopefully be populated up there. So
0: That's great. Well, And we'll link to all that in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. Also, for those of you that are listening and you might be wondering who the Ryan is, that's Ryan Hawk of the Learning Leader podcast. We'll link to that in the show notes as well. He's been a, a great mentor to all of us in this podcasting process. And you guys all played football together in Miami and around the same time, right? Yeah. yeah so
2: actually Calvin and Ryan played
0: together and, and like you said a, a great shout out to him I know
2: Tony he's helped you and for us you know he's really set that standard right we're all trying to <laughs> to, to aspire to, to provide really really good positive content and I love what you're doing by the way I mean I know I'm um, trying not to hijack it because I can get long-winded uh, part of one of the things he told me Kyle you need to listen more than you talk so this is I'm on the other side of the fence here but um, you know what uh, you're doing, what he's doing, and, and what we're all trying to accomplish is, I think, a great blessing. And it's not for the dollars and the cents, right? Right. Um, if it was for that, then we wouldn't be doing it. And I think, you know, hopefully people understand that. I don't think people all do. Like, they're all like, oh, you guys are making uh, all this money. And then like, no, 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 we're not. And mm-hmm. it, we're doing it for uh, to help others, right? Yeah. And just we try to keep it simple and, and, and try to make a positive impact.
0: Well, I really appreciate you guys. Um, the last question I always love to ask my guests and, uh, and it's an advice question and I'm actually going to take you guys back to um, the, the experience that you guys have shared, but at different times together. And that is uh, your very first football practice. You're walking on at Miami university. Um, you're, you're all geared up and you're walking out to the practice field, whatever that looks like. Um, if you could go back and you could give your younger self one piece of advice, Calvin, we'll kick off with you. Uh, What would you say to yourself? Put in the work.
1: Um, I mean, for me, it's easy. I didn't play nearly as much as I wanted, you know, and you know, one thing I was told when I first got to Miami, everyone was good in high school. Everyone out on this field was good in high school. So for me, I think it would be, put in the work and that's the work off of the field, you know, that's the work in the classroom. That's the practice. That's, you know, I knew nothing about it's just I'm baffled now when I hear 20 year olds who talk about personal development and different things, because that's not something that I was, I was into other things. We won't go down that path, you know, that's a whole different
0: podcast brother. Whole another
1: whole another podcast. So I think for me, it would just be put in the work and and the focus and um, and just really in, and love what you do. Um, again, I think the way it kind of hit me and the way it came out of nowhere, I was just green. I knew I knew nothing, you know. Mm. So uh, it'd be awesome to go back and
2: say, you know, this is what I would do differently. So but I can't. Kyle, what about you, man? I would say, you know, I, I started off as a walk-on earned a scholarship. So I obviously did some things to earn. But I think, to, to Calvin's point, you know, the temptations of the social scene back then, I wish, you know, they're, they're uh you know I enjoyed my my uptown experience in Oxford. um those that' have never been there it's it's a it's a good spot to be if if that's what you're looking to do as well obviously great education um great you know academics athletics but you know I think for me I did get caught up and got distracted with some of those temptations and if I could go back, I would have you know uh really really probably would have committed more to my craft of of, of being trying to be the best teammate and quarterback I could be in at times, you know, I was probably should have been in the film room and I was, you know, uptown. So, you know, those are things I kind of look back and I, if, if I had advised any young athlete coming up through, you have the rest of the life if that's what you choose to do, to, to do things and not that I recommend that cause I definitely advise against it, but you know, take advantage of that opportunity. And I think I could have maxed it out a lot better than I did.
1: And I'll add to that too. Like you can, even the guys, obviously, I'm still friends with a lot of those guys, but I can, like, I know now why some of my friends were, one, yeah, they had they had talent, but two, I can identify the guys who put in the work, you know what I mean? And it shows because now they're putting in the work in the business world. So they, they had that mentality when they arrived, you know what I mean? It's transitioned over into the business world. So it's very evident and clear to see the guys who were focused and why they had the success that they did, um, you
0: know, so. that's what I would say there. So good guys. And so applicable to everybody. Um, no matter where they are on their journey today. Thank you guys so much for the time today and being so generous. And I just truly appreciate what you guys are doing in the community. And uh, I'm a proud member of the underdog community and and can't wait to see what God does with your guys' platform. Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us on, man. I told you what a great episode. I love their um, approach to overcoming adversity and what a lesson failure can be and how to provide and stay in a positive attitude despite the things that come against you on a day-to-day basis. Um, Our goal with this podcast has always been about reclaiming good practices for faith and life. You hear me say it every single episode. This is one of those moments that it's a life mentality type of episode and and if you lean in to what these guys are talking about in the underdog community i know you're going to do things that you couldn't otherwise do on your own so i'm thankful for them i'm thankful for their gift and hey go subscribe to their podcast it's uh they're putting out some great episodes one uh i know is coming up urban meyer who i'm excited to hear about they just had merle hodge on so you're not going to want to miss it as always, the best compliment you can give us, leave a rating review, share the podcast with maybe somebody who's never heard it before, get the word out about what God is doing through this platform, and uh, and don't forget, text the word RECLAIM to 66866 to be a part of our community. Thank you guys so much. I look forward to continuing to walk with you as we reclaim good practices for faith and life.